For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the Gospel of John, John chapter 9, is where we're going to start today. And as you're turning there, I'd like to thank those that have supported us here at Crossbound Ministry as we get God's Word out, as we minister to get God's message out to God's people and to those that are lost, to those that are dying and on their way to hell. So I want to thank you for supporting us as we encourage, equip, and convict people about God's holy Word. Amen. And God will bless you for it. The Gospel of John, John chapter 9 and verse 1 is where we're going to start today. And the Bible says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Jesus, as he passed by, saw a man that was blind from his birth. This incident could have very well taken place while Jesus was leaving the temple or walking in front of the temple. And it is recorded It's recorded in the Bible that this man had been blind from birth to show that man's hopelessness of his condition and the wonder of the miracle that might give him sight through the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know there's an estimated 500,000 children, babies born every year blind? I'm talking about across the whole world. An estimated 500,000 children every year are born blind. But on the other hand, Four million healthy babies are born every year with all their working parts, eyes and ears and all ten fingers and all ten toes and at a head of hair some of them have and some of them come out bald, amen, but just about four million babies. And so for those of you that are thinking, well, how could God allow that to happen to a little baby? Well, how could God, listen to me, if you're going to blame God for that, then you're going to have to also blame him for those four million perfectly healthy babies that are born every year because the people are quick to blame God for the bad things but listen to me if you're going to blame God for the bad things that means you also have to blame him for all the good things amen because the bible says anything good coming from above it come from God and as Jesus passed by he saw this this man notice this is not a boy or a teenager this is a man which was born blind from his birth he was born that way there was never one day in his life where he was able to look out of his own eyes and see the glorious creation that God has created a sunrise or a sunset or the moon or the ocean or the mountains or a pretty forest or a beautiful blue sky this man had never seen anything 
not one, not even the speck of the light of day. He was born blind. Verse number two, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? What disciples? The disciples of the Lord Jesus, the ones that were the closest to him, the 12 that were with him. You notice that this, what they did ask him, the disciples said, hey, who sinned, this man or his parents? They automatically assumed that this man had brought it on himself. And they asked a very strange question, did they not? They wondered if the blindness had been caused by the man's own sin or by his parents' sin. Now, how could the man that was born blind have caused his own sinness? I, I wonder that. How could he have caused it by sin? Did he sin in his mother's womb? Did they think he might have sinned before he was ever born? No, sir. No, ma'am. That is not possible. A person can't sin until they know right from wrong, until they can lie or steal, or do something. That's why a baby gets a free ticket into heaven. Why? Because God is a righteous, just, and holy God, and he would not send a person to hell that did not know right from wrong. And so where they came up with this question that he did sin, that he was born blind, I'm not sure what they were thinking or where they were getting their theology at this time, but certainly they did not look at this man with any type of love in their heart. Now, did they? They just looked at him and they judged him. Look at him. Something's wrong with him. Look at him, Jesus. Well, what'd he do to deserve that? He must have done something, him or his family. Hey, he done something. Hey, don't you be thankful that Jesus didn't look at you and didn't look at the disciples and say, man, look at them. They're messed up. They caused that themselves. But no, Jesus looked at them and said, I love them enough that I want to save them. Amen. And we are supposed to be like Jesus. But oh, how many times we can come across like the disciples did. Look at them. They did that to themselves. That They must have done something. They caused themselves their own pain. And now they're begging with a handout. I'm not giving them nothing. It's thank the Lord. Jesus isn't like that to us because Jesus knows about those things that you did that nobody else knows about, not even your own spouse, but yet he still loves you. Amen. Enough to save your souls from the fire of hell. And so did they suggest that he might have been born blind because of the sins which God knew he would commit after birth? What? No, that's judging a crime before it ever happens, isn't it? It is clear that they thought the blindness was connect, directly connected with sin. With sin in him or sin in his family, that's what they thought. But we know that that doesn't have to be. We know that you don't have to actually commit a sin to have to have a disease. No, sir, no, ma'am. Now, can somebody bring it on themselves? Well, sure they can. If you stick razor blades in your mouth and you get cut, you can't blame for God for that. But some people do, even though you caused it yourself. But this man, this man didn't do anything to cause it. Now, all sin is brought into the world by Adam. As a matter of fact, death came into the world by Adam. And we know that by Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. 
The Bible says because Adam brought sin into the world that death passed upon all men and all men are born sinners. All women too, all of mankind, the Bible says, that Adam brought that death into the world. But praise God, when Jesus came, he brought life. Jesus brings life. Jesus brings eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. So there is life in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells you, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Even that person, they're a new person. Everything about them is new. They have a new nature. They have a new desire. They have a new heart. Amen. Jesus has picked them up out of the mud and the mire and washed them off and set their feet on solid ground like he did for me. Amen. When that preacher preached on 2 Peter 3, 9, that day I got saved. That day I realized if I didn't put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, when God was calling me, I was going to lift up my eyes in hell one day, and I repented of my sins, and I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I pray that you do the same if you have not already done that. And so, here we are, the disciples are looking at him saying, who sinned, him or his parents? And verse 3, Jesus answered, neither has this man sinned, nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Jesus said he hasn't sinned, his parents hasn't sinned, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Jesus did not, not mean that he had never sinned, nor his parents had never sinned. No, he meant that the blindness was not directly caused by the result of sin. God had allowed this man to be born blind in order that the man might become a means of displaying the works and the glory and the power of God. And there may be something in your life that God has allowed so that he can show his glory, his might, and his power through your weakness. Amen. He may not heal it, but he may show people his glory, his power through you in how you handle that situation. You listen to me. There is something seriously powerful when somebody is hurting and they are sick and they are dying or they have emotional trauma. Amen. Yet they still praise God and they still give God the glory and they say, God's still good. God's still on the throne. I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to serve you listen to me there is something seriously powerful about that because people see that and go wow that's faith that's what faith looks like i want to be like that i want what they have i want that comfort i want that peace listen to me there is something seriously powerful about that and that's what jesus is talking about but that the works of god should be made manifest in him what is in your life that you can show the world that the works of God are being made manifest in you is it the way God's is changing you your demeanor your attitude maybe he's got the bitterness out of your life maybe he's allowed you to forgive people maybe he's give you peace in the midst of a storm in the midst of a crisis in the midst of having cancer in the midst of your child passing away in the midst of losing a grandchild in the midst of losing a spouse and you can still say God is good and God is still on the throne 
and I'm still going to trust him. Amen. Hey, you listen to me. That is when you are making manifest the works of God in you and in your life. People see that, and that is so powerful when you trust God. When everything in the world says you shouldn't, you should be mad at him, and you should blame him, but yet you say, no, yet will he, though he slay me, yet will I serve him like Job did. And these, these disciples were acting like Job's friends, that he must have done something wrong. I'm sure he'd done something to deserve that. I mean, good night. Just look at him. He caused his own problems. Thank God Jesus didn't treat me or you like these these disciples and like we sometimes look at people amen no he looks at you with love and forgiveness amen and we need to have that same thing in our heart because Jesus called us to be like him not like everybody else at church no sir no ma'am Jesus called us to be like him and it starts in the heart amen so before this man was born the Lord Jesus knew that he would give sight to those blind eyes one day. Can I just say before you were born, Jesus knew a lot about your life and what he wanted to do with your life. If, listen to me, if you will be obedient to him. And we're going to see what happens in this blind man's life. Amen. Next verse, John chapter nine, verse four. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day that night cometh with no man can work. Jesus is saying, hey, I got work. I got a little bit of time to do it and I got a lot to do. The time is coming when no man can work. The Savior realized he had about three years of public ministry and he wasn't going to waste any moment of it. Every moment of that time he spent working for God. And you listen to me, you spend every moment that you can working for God. You say, but I don't get a paycheck from a church. I'm not on staff. I'm not a pastor. I'm not. No, God has got you where he wants to use you the most. Maybe you're a secretary. You're a correctional officer. You're a police officer. You're a fireman. You're a maintenance man. Whatever, wherever God has gotten you, you're a welder listen to me you do it to the glory of God you tell people about the Lord amen you point them to Christ and you live it out in front of them amen and God will make himself manifest in you so that other people can see that amen and if every Christian in the church were to do that all oh, how many more people would get saved and get right with God because you have a bigger outreach than most pastors you will run into more people you work around more people more more lost people amen god has given you a mission field right here in america will you use it amen and so here was a man who had been blind from birth and the lord jesus must perform a miracle of healing on him even though it was on the sabbath even though it was on that day listen to me you know what that tells me today is the day of healing Today is the day of salvation. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. What if it's the Sabbath? If it's Sunday? No. The Bible says Jesus is here. He's ready to heal you. And today is the day of salvation. Do not wait. Do not put it off. Will you accept the Lord Jesus Christ today? Amen. 
The time of his public ministry would soon be over. And here he wanted this man to be saved. Night is coming. And listen to me. The Bible says it had appointed unto man once to die. But after this, the judgment, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, there may come a day when you can't accept Christ. But while you're here on earth, while your heart beats, while you have breath in your lungs, you can know where you're going when you die if you but accept what Christ is offering Amen. And so we should use this time that is given to us as Christians to serve the Lord, to reach out into the community. Amen. Verse 5, John chapter 9 and verse 5. This is what Jesus is saying. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When Jesus was in the world as a man he was in the light he was he was the light of the world in a very direct and a very special way God in the flesh but you listen to me Jesus is still just as much the light today as he was then amen as he went about performing miracles and teaching the people they saw the light the world right before their very eyes can I just say Jesus wants to use you so that people see him you, have you heard that saying that you very may well be the only Bible that people ever read and they are watching your every move? Amen. The Lord Jesus is still the light of the world. And all who come to him are promised that they will not see darkness. They will not walk in darkness. They are promised their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so in this verse, the Lord was speaking particularly of his public ministry on earth. I am the light of the world, but he's still the light of the world. John chapter 9, verse 6, the next verse. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made a clay of the spittle. And he anointed the man's eyes of the blind man with the clay. What? Jesus spit on the ground? And he stirred it up, made a, a clay of spitball, and he rubbed it in the man's eyes. What? Why in the world would Jesus do that? Are you kidding? No respectable person right now would ever do that. Jesus loved to do things that didn't make sense. But listen, when you be obedient to Jesus, he'll put something in your life that goes, this don't make no sense. This is crazy. But when you're obedient, oh, how he'll bless it. Amen. And that's what he wants to do. We are not told why Jesus mixed clay and saliva and put in the eyes of the blind man. It doesn't give us a specific definition. Oh, I've heard men talk about it. I've heard men preach about it, saying they didn't have no eyeballs. And so we're all made from dust. And so Jesus was making him some eyeballs and putting them in there. But I really don't know because the Bible really doesn't say. All we know is that Jesus spat on the ground, made a clay of spittle, and rubbed it in his eyes. Others suggest in that giving sight to the blind man, the, the Lord Jesus commonly used methods that the world despised. Like, are you kidding? You put spit in my eye? Oh, man. So he used weak, listen to me, Jesus used weak 
and insignificant things in working out his purpose. Can I just say that is a good picture of me and you? We are dust of the ground, but oh, how Jesus wants to use you in working out his purpose. Will you allow Jesus to make and mold you like he did that that spittle of clay to help heal somebody else? Amen. Even today in giving sight to the spiritually blind, as Jesus does, God uses men and women who are made of dust of the earth. Oh, how Jesus wants to use you in a mighty way. And this is what Jesus said after he spit on the ground and he made a little ball of clay and he rubbed it in the man's eyes. And verse number seven says, and he said unto him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and what? And came seeing, the Bible says. The Lord called the faith of the blind man into operation by telling him to go and wash into the pool of Siloam. And you know what? The Bible says that blind man did it. How did he find it? He probably knew where it was at. He heard about it or he walked by it or he asked people where it was at. Any which way he could though, he found it. This is what this man said. I'm going to wash in the pool of Siloam this one called Jesus. Now, he had never seen him with his own eyes. He didn't see Jesus perform a miracle because he couldn't see. But he just believed him. And that's what Jesus wants from you. Even though you can't see it, just believe me by faith. Take my word. Amen. And that's what God, that's what Jesus wants from you. Amen. He wants you to take it by faith. Do this and I will bless you. And yes, he will. He will bless you in many ways. And in this case, this man receives sight, his eyeballs. The miracle was instantaneous. And that man was able to use his eyes immediately. They didn't have to grow and form or adjust. No, immediately that man could see. And what a great picture that is of when somebody gets saved. Spiritually, they're blind. But as soon as they're born again, as soon as they repent of their faith and sins, they put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how they can see spiritually and their eyes are opened. Amen. What a delightful surprise it must have been for him to look look up for the first time into the world he had ever seen to see the sun, the moon, the stars, the ocean, and to see Jesus with his own eyes. Amen. Verse 8 and verse 9. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him, that he was blind, said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, he is like him, but he said, I am he. Hey, the neighbors were startled. Is that, is that him? Is that man? I can't hardly believe that is. Hey, you know what happens when a person gets saved and they turn their life around? They say, man, I can't believe that. Look at him. I know where he used to do, where he used to go, the things he used to listen to, the things he used to drink, the things he used to smoke. Look at him now. He's turned completely around. Yes, that's right because he got right with God. He obeyed Jesus. And that's what will happen to you if you get saved. Hey, People won't even recognize you. Is that really him? Did that really happen? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. When Jesus gets a hold of you, oh my, how he opens your eyes and things truly change and you want 
it to change. Absolutely. And it should be this way when a person gets saved. Oh, what a big difference. People see. Or the neighbor shouldn't even notice him. And some insisted, was this the same man? Is this even the same guy? Others weren't quite sure and they weren't willing to admit it. But this is what the man said. He removed all doubt stating, I am he. I am him that was born blind. Amen. What a good testimony it is. It sees my son get saved. And they say, yeah, that was me. I used to do that stuff. I used to run around there. But old Jesus got a hold of me and I ain't touching that no more. Yeah, I'm that guy. How God has changed me. Verse number 10. Therefore said they unto him, how were thine eyes opened? How were thine eyes opened? Open. Verse 11, he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received my sight. Hey, Jesus is calling you. Will you repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that he might give you that spiritual sight that he so desperately wants you to have? We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries Radio Broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.